0: Hey, Biz Dads, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you guys all had a great holiday week. We're excited to be back here with you for a great episode. We'll recap Thanksgiving, talk about the Sendates' uh, fun COVID-filled week, some fun sports and biz stuff. We'll talk a little Tyson Roy Jones Jr. and how I spent 50 bucks late Saturday night. And we'll jump in with the Talks with Twist. Supposedly, Andres, there's a bombshell about to drop. And then this week's final four, what's your holiday decorating style? Let's get into it. This week's BizDads. Andres, Twist, how was your Thanksgiving?
1: Thanksgiving was just how 2020's gone, full of getting COVID tests, no friends, no family, didn't even get an invite to watch the Roy Jones. Mike Tyson fight, which you now just admitted to the world that you bought, and I know you watched by yourself.
0: I did. I watched it by myself because I decided to buy it late at the end of the night.
1: Kind of endemic of, uh, 2020. No, it was, uh, it was. you know, look, we're grateful to be healthy, and got to see you, I think, right before Thanksgiving to pick up a,
0: a plumbing device to fix a clogged toilet. We can talk yeah, about that. Yeah, so let's that. jump into a little DIY, the DIY that you had this week. <laughs> talk to us about your toilet.
1: Oh man. Well, you know, I live with um, two other boys, and uh, probably 75% of the time, they don't flush. Um, If they wash their hands, I'm lucky. Well, one of them left a a treasure in the toilet um, downstairs. So my wife said, Okay, you need to get this fixed. I've tried to plunge it for an hour, and I can't get it working. So I am not handy for all of you dads and moms that are listening. Um, So I go in, start working the plunger bread. Well, needless to say, you got a phone call because I could not get the toilet unclogged.
0: Crap out of luck, as they say.
1: <laughs> I come by Brad's house on uh, what the day before Thanksgiving, and we'll get into your lights display. But you gave me some tool that I'd never heard of. I guess it's uh, I guess it's a called drain. What's well, a
0: drain snake? snake. Yeah, yeah a drain snake. snake.
1: Yeah. So I look. I was trying every technique under the sun, and your drain snake, while it looked like a great idea and a great product, it, it also didn't work. So I was at the point of desperation. Um, I went to the trusty hardware store, Home Depot. I found a couple of more experienced guys that have probably fixed a few clogged toilets on a holiday weekend in their life, and they recommended a couple products. I purchased one of those uh, products, came home, and hey, everything's working now. Got it fixed. So I can't say what? it was a crappy weekend because nothing <laughs> came out on the other end. But, uh, man, it was just one of those weekends. I'll tell you all about the COVID test in a minute. But how was your Thanksgiving?
0: But So the end result was you didn't have anything in there. It just mysteriously vanished after all of your plumbing and plunging.
1: If you really want to get into, yeah, what, what I found, I found nothing. But I did find a good tool that I'd recommend every household invest in it's ten bucks you can get it at your local hardware store to go along with your trusty plunger um, it did the trick and uh, I found a video on YouTube that had nine million hits and uh, I watched the video and you know got everything fixed avoided a three or four hundred dollar plumbing bill so I felt proud Enough. of myself.
0: I really think that, um, if you need to make it big on YouTube, you just need to do something that everyone looks up. Like we talked about this, like how to make rice or how to fix a toilet. Yeah. Like you could just become YouTube famous just by doing dumb shit that we all have to put up with all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, and I looked at all these videos and there was all these plumbers with all this, you know, technical jargon in the video that had the most views. And that was the most helpful was, a, I don't know who she is, but it was, um, it was a woman that had the tool and she very clearly explained how to use it and step-by-step step, methodical. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe she's got a, a YouTube channel on, you know, how to make home repairs, um, if you live alone or something, but, uh, anyway,
0: got it going,
1: got it fixed and it's all good, man.
0: Well, we had a, uh, I'm glad that your toilet is fixed and, and, uh, um, <laughs> I know you had an eventful week, but, we, uh, as our listeners may remember from last week, we had a little fun family uh, drama is related to getting together for Thanksgiving, and we got through it without any drama. It was a nice, very nice Thanksgiving. Needless to say that it was a gorgeous day, and we were able to eat outside with the doors open, so everyone was very, very comfortable. My sister-in-law, who is pretty careful with um, all things COVID, you know, was, 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 nervous my parents decided they wanted to come too i let them decide since i was trying to do the right thing by keeping everybody calm but um actually margaret ann's aunt and her three kids didn't end up coming so we missed them Mm. it was a smaller group but at the end of the day it was as most family drama all the drama before and everything ended up being fine so um it was it was a great dinner um we had i got off my diet and um enjoyed it but you know all in all it was a Very, very nice outing. Chris, how was yours?
2: Uh, Unfortunately, did not do a whole lot. It was just the Gaskins clan. Dad had to go to the hospital. So luckily he did come home on Thanksgiving Day, but did not do a whole lot. Thanksgiving was definitely very different this year. Didn't even have my older sister, so it was kind of a sad little 2020 year.
0: (laughs) Um, I'm just glad everybody came out healthy on the other side cause we had a crazy week last week. But, um, Andres, I, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, your experiences there in the neighborhood and, and how did you have to, uh, get the entire family tested? Yeah,
1: well, as you know, we had a COVID exposure last weekend, um, and basically what happened is we got a phone call that uh one of the one of the people in the neighborhood had tested positive and our kids had been exposed so that was like on I don't know Wednesday and so Wednesday afternoon we find this out and I'm starting like Wednesday to look for where we can go get a covid test of course nothing was open on Thursday so we booked tests for Friday um we go through our insurance, we do everything right. We show up Friday morning to get the first test uh, for Heidi and I, and we show up, and they're like, nope, you're not in the system. So we blow two hours doing that. So Friday's out. Then we come home, and a neighbor says, oh, well, you can go get these tests in Buckhead. Um, it's a drive-up, pop-up thing, and hopefully there's no line. So we drive down there Saturday afternoon. We did not tell the kids that they were also going to get a COVID test so that they could go back to school on Monday until we got about, (laughs) you know, one car away from pulling under the tent. And I turn around and we filled out all the paperwork and uh, somebody comes and says, now, are those two getting tested? And they both just turn white as a ghost and they start screaming, crying. And literally, we had the attention of all the medical workers coming over the car, trying to calm the kids down. And finally, after about 10 minutes, Frankie looks up and she's like, okay, I'll do it. And then after five <laughs> more minutes, Renzo's like, okay, I'll do it too. So the four of us get our tests. Kids did fine. Um, and then Friday night, we had appointment for Maximo at the urgent care because they wouldn't test under 18 at this particular spot we went. Um, well, under four. So we take him to the ER and of course we had to get a consult before we show up. So I did the consult 10 minutes before Heidi gets to the appointment and she got kicked out of the system. And so she comes home Friday night, no test. <laughs> so at this point, we're just so over it, man. We had Thanksgiving dinner Friday, We do this all day, Saturday, we get to the point where I'm like, okay, let's go back. So I take him back Saturday morning at eight o'clock in the morning. I wait an hour, and I finally go in, and they swab him. They call us an hour later, and they're like, he's fine. Well, we still haven't gotten the results from the other kids. So Monday and Tuesday, the kids have been home from school because they don't have a negative test. And Heidi calls this business – well, she calls them out on Google. And you know how we talked about social network. She yeah. it's a scathing review because this place was like, yep, you'll have the results in 72 hours. Well, it had been over 96 hours. We didn't have the results. And she writes a review literally within five minutes. The doctor that owns this pop-up clinic calls her and says, you know, our lab contract canceled Friday night, Saturday. We had to scramble. We sent your results to New York. And I personally called up to the lab and you guys are all fine. And then tonight at dinner at six o'clock, We got the official email that everybody's negative. So, of course, tomorrow's virtual school, and so the kids will go back to school on Thursday.
0: So you're telling me that your there is no way those test results can be anywhere near accurate. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way. know, man.
1: But we took those tests on Friday, and we're basically going back to school on Thursday. So that's just I mean that's just how it goes, man. Um, But yeah. Kids have been inside yeah. anyway. It's been cold in Georgia, so they haven't been playing outside the last few days. But
0: Yeah, we even got a little snow flurries last night. It was colder in Atlanta than it was today at Chicago, New York, and Boston. Yeah. Uh, crazy. I My brother actually got uh, a positive test, and he was up in South Dakota um, on a pheasant hunt with several buddies. And every single one of them got it. Um, I didn't wow. know that the guys had, had been positive and, um, so, but he, he doesn't, he's not really feeling that bad. I don't think, I think he had a day or two of kind of being achy. It's really amazing that we, I don't know, and you tell me, should we be this worked up about this thing? Having been somebody who's now had it twice. <laughs> I mean, I understand that people are unfortunately dying, but you know, I haven't talked to a whole lot of people who've had it really bad.
2: I agree.
1: We were just trying to do the right thing. I mean, you know, like we simply thought, okay, we'll get these negative tests and then the kids will go back to school on Monday. And you know, if we miss out on a weekend playing around in the neighborhood. But yeah, man, I tell you one thing that I was telling Heidi after all this, the public health system in Georgia, I got to give them a lot of credit because I have done multiple tests through them and they don't, they're not open on the weekend. But I mean, if you get an appointment and you show up, there you're in and out there's never a line 5 minutes you know the worst part about it is you have to drive you know from my house it's 12 minutes but i have to tell you anytime you go through and for me over the last 8 months anytime i've had to go through insurance or i've had to go to like an like a hospital or some kind of outpatient er it's just been a freaking disaster kudos to the georgia department of public health cuz they got it working
0: You wouldn't even know if you start talking to people, but you know, Georgia is 48th out of 51. So third best in the country for numbers right now. I mean, all the flack that we got as a state leading into this thing and opening too early, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure it's not over yet, right? I mean, everybody's going to continue to deal with the challenges of it. And again, I'm not downplaying the virus, but it is crazy. I mean, especially places like South Dakota, Uh, I mean, it's like one in three people are getting it in places like Iowa and South Dakota. And, you know, it's absolutely crazy.
1: Well, Well, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, no, we've been, we've been fortunate. The kids came back negative and they've been healthy. So yeah, I know. I mean, it's uh it's one of those things, like I said, we could talk all night about, we, we opted to kind of play it safe and do our responsible thing and get tested and not be exposed to other people. But yeah. Um, You know, to each to each their own. I I can't say that, you know, everybody's got to do it that way. But that's what we decided to do. And it did take some time to get the results. And it was definitely frustrating.
0: Yeah, you handled it the right way. Nothing you can do in that situation. Well, I know that, uh, Twist, you've got a big week coming up here. We were talking in the pre-show about some exciting news in the Twist clan. What's going on? What's uh, what's on the horizon for, for uh, La Familia?
2: So Friday is going to be the biggest day of the year. My sister is finally getting engaged. They've been dating for four years now. They are perfect. They are, have been perfect since the day we met them. So I just wanted to do a little interview session or just to hear some stories. Of, I wanted to hear how you guys got engaged in your love story. Mm.
0: Now, before we get started here, I do have to say something that kind of hurt my feelings from the pre-show. <laughs> I asked Anne if her, if her sister would hear this, and she was so confident that her sister would not listen to this podcast, <laughs> even one that she produces, her own sister produces. She is so confident that her sister has no interest and will not listen, that she is willing to openly discuss about the engagement of said sister uh, here on the airwaves. <laughs> And I I just, it hurts. It hurts a little bit, Andres, to see that we're that irrelevant. We're going to have
1: to figure out a way to get this to her sister so she hears it. I think it's important. She needs to hear this one. Like
0: Saturday, maybe Saturday, we'll make sure she gets a chance to hear it. But it will be the biggest coup in podcast history (laughs) she actually does listen over the next four days. If she does,
1: that would be well. <laughs> our, listener, our listener count will go up 10 or
0: 15% easily. 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 Be it like, would be like Scandal on the best ads. All right, Ann, so what are your questions? Hit us with them.
2: Well, I think I've already asked, like, how did you guys know the one? And, like, how did you guys go about, like, asking her? Did you ask the father? Did you have a plan? Did you have an after party? Like, did you really think it through? Or did you just pop a question when you had it? How did you get the ring? Was there, was there meaning behind the ring? How did you know what, what, like, what you wanted in the ring? A funny story about rings. My best friend got engaged a few weeks ago, and I was asking the groom's father about the ring, and I was like. Have you seen the ring? Like, is it pretty? And he's like, Oh, yeah. Don't worry about the ring. We have it under control. We saw her Pinterest page, and it's exactly like her Pinterest page. And when I saw the ring, it was exactly what I saw in the picture in the in the Pinterest page. And I went up to her. I was like, Oh my gosh, they did so well. And she was like, And I haven't changed that since like high school.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So not accurate data. (laughs) <laughs> um i don't i don't know if you want to go first here or not andres but i'm happy to to kind of jump in my wife and i were kind of drinking buddies before uh, we started dating and it was kind of weird when we decided to started dating i i actually asked her out for those that know me after a long night at the red door and the fact that she said yes is really where this love story truly began because mm. she should have just ran away but now she's stuck forever. So she, when you know, we started dating for a while, and and I think we dated for, I don't know, almost two years before I popped the question. And I did, you know, we're both Catholic, which was important to me that we were kind of, you know, our kids grew up, in the same church, et cetera. And I did ask her parents. So I invited her parents to dinner at, at Magianos in Bucket. And I went in um, and like, classy. very classy. I like it. Cl- yeah. I mean, it, back then it was like, yeah. you know, I mean, I was I think I was 28. Yeah. I don't know. know and um, I thought, all right, this will be You know, how, how am I going to do this? Right. So I, it was really funny because it was this random series of events. I'm in the car driving up there. And um, as I'm pulling in the parking lot, I realized that I'm going to try to make this uncomfortable for them. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to make it. I did. So I was like, if I have to go through this, I'm going to try to make it uncomfortable and really confuse the hell out of them. So I did. And I still haven't been, I haven't stopped confusing my in-laws probably to this day, but I decided that I was going to, I went through this whole elaborate, you know, spiel on why I was there and how I was nervous to talk with them. (laughs) And then I proceeded to tell them that I wanted them to invest in a, (laughs) In a multiple tiered platform uh, investment platform, like a, basically yeah, yeah. a pyramid scheme. Yeah, yeah. That um, I was thinking that we are close enough now. I was like, you know, we're we're close enough now. I feel like I can ask you guys this. You know, your you know, her dad was retired at the time. So like, I think this could be a really great opportunity for you guys to invest with me on this venture. And and they kind of looked at me like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and I I don't know if I ever really fooled them, but they were so confident going in on why i was going to dinner why else do you ask them to go to dinner without their daughter but i had to just try to make it a little uncomfortable so i did uh and then we we laughed and they said of course yes because why wouldn't they i mean their daughter's lucky woman and uh and we ate our chicken parmesan and you know went on our way but um i also and when i got the ring um I couldn't hold on to it. Like, I probably popped the question two weeks earlier than anticipated. Um, But I had a roommate at the time, so I had an accomplice help me kind of set things up. Um, She came over. It was a Friday evening. She came over, and uh, we were going out to dinner, quote, unquote. So she came over, and I was up on our rooftop deck we had at the old house, and my buddy had, you know, played our song, um, Mark Cohen's True Companion. Google it. It's a great love one. And you'd love that song. You gotta check it out. Yeah, I did the the candles and the rose petals and you know, she came around on the kind of out the door onto the deck and I was on one knee. But the you know, and she said yes and I videotaped it all. It was kind of neat. But I had sent a limo to go get our parents because the big surprise was I was gonna take her to dinner at Agave, one of our favorite restaurants. Yeah. And the parent parents and siblings were gonna join. Oh, but the on. limo was like an hour. The limo was like an hour and a half late because of Atlanta traffic. So they finally got there. We finally went to dinner. But she, the whole time, she's trying to call our parents to tell sure. them what happened. Yeah. And her parents weren't answering the phone because they were on their way down and they wanted to surprise her. So that is how our love story began. Beautiful. Yeah, that, cheesy. That,
1: so two years, man, I feel like a schmuck. Four years for Ann's sister. Two years for you. You
0: were like eight. You were ahead heading a decade. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, oh, my God bless my wife. I'll try to give you the condensed Cliff Notes version. Heidi and I met in Italy. We, were, I was living over in Italy in graduate school. She came over to study abroad. Actually, the reason she was going to Italy was because her best friend in college and her were gonna go to Spain, and when nine eleven happened, uh her girlfriend backed out of going abroad, and so her dad found her, which is where I was, unbeknownst to her and I, um, that she could still attend at the last minute. So she swapped Spain for Italy, and probably about I don't know, a month into both of us being there, uh, we had this fancy formal dinner, everybody dressed up, and we were at the um We were at the hotel bar after the dinner. Uh, The whole program was like 150 of us. And Kylie Minogue, Can't Get You Out of My Head, comes on. And that song was not popular in the U.S., but it was a huge hit in Italy. And so it comes on and I start dancing and people are looking at me like, what is he doing? And she comes up and she's like, you just think you're such hot shit. And... I was like, wow, that's confidence. I like it. And I turned to her and I was like, uh, sorry, I don't understand what you're saying. Like I was Italian. And as you know, Brad knows me. I mean, I fully immersed myself in in the moment and the situation. So I had the Italian suit on and I was like, I don't understand. And so for the first five minutes, we're going back and forth and she she's trying to figure out like, I thought you were American. Do you work for the program? Are you like Italian? And so I was like, no, no, I'm, uh, she probably had a couple of glasses of wine at this point. So it was, you know, playing in my, in my favor. Um, after about five minutes, I couldn't help myself anymore. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just a small town Midwest boy over here studying abroad. So anyway, we had this, you know, I would call it European romance And if I was smart, after she graduated from college and moved over to Europe for the last year, I would have just proposed and we would have gotten married. Well, as Brad knows, I waited. And we didn't get engaged until year six, and I think got married in year seven. Um, And our engagement was the morning. I had planned it out. I bought the ring through the Mart in Atlanta, and. And I probably went down there like five or six times. I bought it um, and got it all set up. And then the Friday morning, the Friday morning, um, I had planned a trip to take her to New York. So because I had been going to New York for work, I had done some meetings at the Waldorf Astoria. So I called my sales contact there and she said, Andres, I'm going to plan the whole weekend just bring her up here. You don't have to do anything. I'm going to do everything. It's going to be awesome. Just trust us. We got, we got this. And I was like, okay. I mean, you know, the Waldorf is like put up presidents and, you know, way more people than important than us. So literally I packed a bag for her with a girlfriend, uh, Thursday night and Friday morning, I woke her up and I said, Hey, we got to go. And at like six in the morning, we head down to the Atlanta airport get to the last two gates, and one is to South Beach, Miami, and one's to New York. And she's like, oh, we're going back to Florida. That's where we had moved to Atlanta from. No, we were going to New York. So we get on the plane to New York. Maybe at this point she knows what's going on, but she played along with it. We show up at LaGuardia. We get our carry-on. We go down the escalator. There's a guy in a Black Tux, with the sign. I mean, we literally planned this thing. Mrs. Sindate, like Heidi, you know, the future whatever – Heidi, you know, he gets the bag, takes us to this limo. In the car, we've got the champagne, actually it was Prosecco because we had lived in Italy. And in this in in the CD that he was playing was all the music that we had listened to when we were over in Italy. So he drives us to Rockefeller Center on Friday. We get there at noon and I just told him, "Just pull up to 30 Rock or whatever and don't don't just leave the car in idle." And people will start noticing there's this limo just like sitting there. So we sit there for like 10 minutes and all these tourists start coming around the limo, taking pictures. And I was like, Hey, <laughs> okay, now get out. And she gets out and all these people are like, who are they? Who are they? And so we rush in to the empire state building where I had arranged for us to go to the top of the rock. And I think she thought that's where the proposal was going to happen, but it was a decoy. So we go to the top of the rock and we're the only two at the top. Literally, and we are in the clouds. I mean, it's like one of those days. Well, I didn't ask her there. We go down, we go by the hotels, and we're looking. And I was like, oh, let's go in the plaza. Let's go by this and that. See the Waldorf. I was like, oh, let me go show you where I had a couple of these meetings. So we walk in, and I was like, hey, the front desk can let us get a room and go see one of the suites where the president stayed. She's like, oh, really? That'd be awesome. I was like, yeah, they said that like JFK and his entourage stayed here one time. So we get up to the room, and her bags are in the room. So then she knows, like, okay, it's on. Well, I proposed that night. We had a magical weekend in New York. Uh, oh. Took her to see a show, took her shopping, and uh, we came home and started planning the wedding. And 11 years later, three kids and a Tuesday night podcast, and here we are. That
2: was so sweet. I almost just cried.
1: Yeah. It was fun.
2: That is so romantic. I love that. But like, yours was really cute too, Brad. That was just very extravagant. Wow. And Brad
1: and I didn't get to go to each other's weddings because we got married a weekend apart from one another.
0: So
2: That is crazy.
0: I do have to say, you know, I'm going to have to go let you go first next time. I don't want to have to follow that crap again. <laughs> um, with Anne like, oh, that sounds weird. I'm going to cry. And she's like, oh, yours is good too, Brad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I mean, look, after um, seven years, I had to do something over the top, right?
0: That's true. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've all kicked our coverage. But Anne, I do have a question for you. For sure. What is your ideal scenario? Since Will, if your sister doesn't listen, I'm guessing Will probably doesn't listen either. But what is uh, the ideal engagement for Twist?
2: I don't know. I've, I've never thought about it. I don't know why. But I just want to be surprised. I want there to be an after party. And I want him to put as much thought in as Andres did. I just want it to be extremely thoughtful. And, like, I want it to be very thought out. I want a lot of people, like, be involved with the lie. Like, right now we have a lot of people involved with Katie's lie. But I just want it to be thoughtful. And my, my husband's going to know that. So.
0: You mean Will? Will's going to know that? <laughs> Will's going to know that. <laughs> All right. Well, look, anytime we can answer any questions for you, um, go straight to Andres. because. Uh, Obviously, he's got this down pat.
1: You know, I knew I wasn't going to have any say in the wedding. So at least I had some influence over the engagement. It is something that I think you you look back on your wedding and who that's still married doesn't look back on their wedding, Brad, and say, wow, that was an awesome night. You know, I always remember the dancing and the food. Ceremony just blew by. Um, I wish I could step outside my body and remember that whole day. But you're just living on this high. But the engagement itself was the two of us. You know, whereas the wedding, it's everybody. And you're just like saying hi to all these people and family. And so it's just like this 10 hour blur. Whereas I felt like the engagement was just the two of us. And I kind of wanted to get away from Atlanta because I knew I needed to have that change of scenery for us to really kind of get immersed. So it
0: was cool. And I think our wedding was like the perfect kickoff to all the great things that have happened since that point. Um, yeah. Because it was beautiful over the top wedding of like, we had, I think we had almost 500 people there and, and her dad and parents were so great. And my parents were so involved in the reverse dinner and we couldn't have done it without them. Yeah. Obviously, but it was just, I think I always tell people most important piece of advice I ever got was somebody told me like, just grab your wife, go stand in a corner away from everyone, try to kind of get elevated or get away from the, the masses and just watch because that's like, where all of your people, all of your best friends and family are, and just watch the great time that they're having. We had, we should maybe pick a wedding story and just tell it once a week because there's so many crazy things that happened throughout the course of our, our wedding, even up until the time that um, we went to sleep that night. And those are the greatest memories ever. Yeah. yeah. Like college. It's classic. It's been all all downhill ever since then for uh, in a good way because, it's again, it feels like, we get to know each other a lot better, and and our relationship gets stronger. So, and next week on Love Advice, we're here. You just let us know what other questions you have. We're we're here to help. Okay, I got some more
2: ready for you next week. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, let's jump into this week's sports and biz news. So, a uh, pretty cool milestone this week, even though it wasn't as big of a deal i wish it was a bigger deal i should say we talked about sarah fuller the very first ever female to take the field at a power five sec game i don't know if anybody saw the kick but it was kind of this you know flub kick that they had put out there so i wish she would have had a bigger role it would have been nice to see if she would have made a field goal or had some points on the board and you know gotten the record books that way i don't know what this week holds against georgia but hopefully this is not her only hurrah but I uh, thought it was pretty cool. And what'd you think? I
2: thought it was incredible. My sophomore year roommate actually was a kicker for her, her high school and her boyfriend was her holder. So I think that's the coolest thing ever. So I love that.
0: That is funny. Very funny. Um, I, Saturday, we talked about the the Tyson Roy Jones junior fight. So we had dinner, right? We had to go to before. And um, I was supposed to go to an event and watch the fight with some people that I'm with entrepreneurs organization with. And, I didn't get a chance to do that because we had these these plans already set set with another couple in the family. But I decided I was gonna bunker down and um and watch it by myself, which I did. You know, we watched the George game because that was on later. And I flipped back after and I went to bed. I flipped back and watched one, the undercard. Normally the undercards are pretty good fights, right? Yeah. But you don't yeah. know anybody. The undercard of this fight was Nate Robinson, who is you know, what two time NBA slam dunk champion. Yeah. Um Couple like three-time All Star and Jake Paul, the original, you know, YouTube celebrity, right? This guy that did all these crazy things and has actually had one fight before. It was the worst exhibition of boxing I have ever seen. Uh, I guess Nate had been talking trash after Jake Paul's first fight on Twitter, and where all, you know, all fights start nowadays are on Twitter. Mm. So the trash talking started, and then these two guys got in the ring. And I will tell you, Nate Robinson had absolutely no business being in a boxing ring. And Jake Paul actually looked like he knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was doing. He had trained and uh, is now two and O in the professional boxing ranks. Crazy. Not wow. something I ever experienced.
2: It is wild. If y'all knew their start, if y'all probably don't know anything about the Paul brothers, but they are horrible and they're so annoying and they just do everything for content and clout. And they just start up, a- and stir up so much drama in our lives. So no one, everyone my age is not happy about him winning because they're just like, great, he's just going to gloat more and think he's that much cooler when he's
0: still not at all. It was like this storm of people making fun of Nate Robinson and then Dwayne Wade had to step in and defend Dwayne Robinson. I mean, one, everybody should know this. If you don't, you you need to pay attention, but you can't just step into a boxing ring and think you can box because you you think you're tough right it's a true sport it's like trying to get in the batter's box and hit a greg maddox fastball right it ain't happening i mean what i i couldn't believe it and on top of that this it was fascinating to me because uh triller which is um i guess this combo youtube tiktok new platform right and is that is is that the best way to describe triller
2: Yes, I thought it was with Instagram, but yes, maybe. So
0: it's a, it's, a, well, its it's own platform. It's its own content platform, I think, to kind of rival YouTube.
2: They're trying to get all the TikTok people to get over there.
0: Yeah. And it's it, this whole thing was just strange because they were trying to marry rap and boxing. The entire night was completely stolen by Snoop Dogg. So one before the Tyson-Jones uh, Jr. fight, he came out and performed like a mashup of all of his best songs. While smoking a joint, and they're doing this at the Staples Center in California. So he's lighting up during the whole thing. Then he sits down and he starts, he starts talking about how the fight between Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. looked like his two uncles fighting in the backyard <laughs> at a barbecue. That's <laughs> what I heard. I heard it was, that was the line of the night. <laughs> so he just started going off. He's like, "Get a monk! Get a monk!" I will tell you this, man. Like Tyson looked legit. Yeah. Now, Roy Jones Jr. is probably the best pound-for-pound fighter ever, right? I think he's won championships at four levels, four weight classes. Their records are eerily similar in knockouts and, you know, fights won and win percentage, et cetera. But he did. He he looked a little rough. Yeah. It ended up being a draw in eight rounds. So they did 12-ounce gloves where normally you use eight. They did two-minute rounds where normally it's three, and they did eight. Where it's normally twelve, right rounds, and I'll tell you what, there were a couple shots in there where Tyson, you know, he got a couple good body blows in there, and it knocked the the breath out of Roy Jones Jr. And at the end of the fight, Roy Jones was like, "I'm done. This is it for me. Check the box." And Tyson's like, "Let's do it again." <laughs> and I guess the next day, Tyson came out and said how high he was during the fight. <laughs> I mean, it was the it was the least conditioned athletic performance you'll ever see because it was just this weird production but it was seeing two legends get in the ring and they kind of held their own i mean i enjoyed it there were no big blows there was no winner because it was a draw after eight rounds but they set themselves up to probably do it again so who knows who Tyson will fight next but what i love probably the the whole thing the whole best part of the night was listening to snoop talk hands down right and i will say another funny moment is jake paul wins his fight and while he's there, he ends up calling out Conor McGregor. It's like uh, you go from you go from beating up a five foot ten NBA player to going after you know one of the top MMA fighters in the world. It's not that smart, so not he'll probably get his
1: not a good block look. knocked off. Uh, yeah, I mean no, I I'd heard some things about that fight. I um, I'm so behind on the boxing man. Like I grew up watching boxing. I I just remember the Delahoya era. I remember the Julio Cesar Chavez era. I don't know, those middleweights, that to me. And then, obviously, the Tyson era when, you know, he was he was fighting Foreman and Buster Douglas was fighting Foreman. And there was, you know, kind of the period of time when the heavyweights kind of had peaked. Um, it was like right before Lennox Lewis and Yeah, British. Well, I'm uh, telling you uh, what, man,
0: the Tyson fights back in the day were epic events in our group. We were in high school and college, and, they, I mean, they were big deals. We threw big parties. We all got around and watched them. And every time Tyson had a prize fight, particularly in high school, we would all go over to a buddy's house. And there'd be 40 or 50 people there watching the fight. It was a big deal. I loved watching it. Yeah. Um See, that's but it how, was, this was not the same.
1: Yeah, that's how we were with De La Hoya and Chavez uh, when he was fighting Melvin Taylor and Pernell Whitaker, and um, yeah. And then it got to like Shane Mosley, and then after that era, I guess. Uh, from there, it got to um, oh, who's the guy? Uh, Pretty Boy Floyd. Um, he kind of came on the scene, and he was then Floyd fighting. Money Mayweather. Yeah, Money Mayweather, and he was fighting what's his name, Pacquiao, three times. And I think that was the last big fight that I was like, I'm kind of done with pay per view. You remember Pacquiao and him fought, and it was mm-hmm. like they basically it was more of a technical fight, you know? Mayweather won.
0: These but- fights are happening now way past their prime like I wish yeah. I wish there were more you know Ollie Frazier like the stuff our parents grew up watching yeah I, I would I'd like to see boxing yeah. come back yeah yeah um, well hey I was reading this very interesting survey that was done this week um, it was a it was a survey actually done by Samsung ironically but the whole thing was a fan survey they surveyed a thousand people. And I was going to read some of the questions to you guys and you kind of tell me where you fall in this. Um, basically, they interviewed a thousand people who had attended an event in 2019 and they asked them questions like, how many events um, did you attend? Right. So the majority of the events were two to four mega events, 58 percent. Um, they asked them kind of what did they attend in 19. The majority of them were um yeah, music, concerts, and festivals, and, and major sports. Um, and, and then they get into kind of how you would react in post-COVID, right? So I said, would you feel safe attending a live event today at an arena or stadium or other venue without new COVID-19 rules or precautions? And Andres, would you feel comfortable going to a live sporting event right now?
2: Yes. I have been to one with a mask on.
0: hand is a yes. Andres is a no.
1: Not without COVID measures. It's not worth it.
0: So current current regulations being you have to go in with wearing a mask. You wouldn't go in. You would need more advanced precautions. Not,
1: yeah. I mean, depending on how, how close they're seating us and all that, I mean, that would be a part of it. We have tickets to uh, uh, George Lopez, and they've delayed it now for almost a year. And I think the next attempt is like in May, which I'm I'm – Hopeful that we'll go, but not if they put thousand yeah. people in the arena and it seats nine thousand. Yeah, yeah.
0: See, I think I would be a yes. I think I would go. I don't have any interest in in going to anything big right now. But I think if if when we get into the spring, I'm absolutely in. Thinking about the nineteen transmit COVID nineteen transmission, how concerned are you about the following parts of the event service? Are you concerned or willing to uh, wear a mask at all times? Yes. Would you be comfortable wearing a mask all times? Uh, would you be willing to have your temperature checked at the entry point? Yes. Yep. Would you show proof of a negative COVID-19 test result? Yes. Seems if, like a lot of work though, right?
2: Yeah, it's
1: a lot of work. be some work, but yeah, I mean, I, if, if it was required to get in, especially if it was like a really great event.
0: What about taking a rapid test on site? Okay. You would take one? Yeah, I guess. So it was, it was really interesting. Seventy percent were willing to wear a masks. Seventy-three percent to have their temperature checked. Sixty-five percent to to show a test result, and sixty-nine for a rapid COVID test. I'll tell you this: I don't want to have to do any of that stuff. <laughs> just wanna I, mean, I just want to go. I just want to go. Like if, yeah. if if we get into 2022 and you're still having to get your temperature taken and lines become hour-long waits, dude, forget that. That's crazy. I'm. It's like. <laughs> You then have to create the next TSA pre-check for sports entry. Yeah. Um, When do you expect live events at large venues with live audiences will resume? Within three months? Within six months? One year? Two years? Or more than two years? Um, One year?
1: Yeah, I'm going with at least one year. Large events with big crowds
0: that is the majority 41% said within 1 year when large events resume when when large live events resume which venue and capacity type would you feel most comfortable attending the indoor venue at a partial at partial capacity an indoor venue at full capacity an outdoor venue at partial capacity or an outdoor venue at full capacity
1: outdoor partial first then outdoor Well, outdoor, full, or indoor partial. But the last thing I'm doing of those four is an indoor full capacity event.
0: What about you, Anne?
2: I guess same with Andre.
0: You know, it's funny. The outdoor partial was 58%. 8% had no preference. But then, I mean, 15% indoor partial, 11% indoor full, and 8% outdoor venue full. So, the indoor full, people are more likely to do than the outdoor full, which I thought was awesome. Huh, that's it's just interesting. You know, you go into this, and there's there's a handful of other questions, but, you know, people talking about kind of what type of event you go to, and it's really interesting to see how people are reacting. I, I you know, Come summer, come late spring, early summer, I'll be ready to to get back to sporting events, and I sure hope we can, uh, well, we can and get yeah, back those to it sooner just... rather than later
1: those are just my answers and i i I honestly hope that there's a lot more events happening sooner because my brother works in the sports um event business at la live and you know their business has been coming back very slowly and they're they're doing more than they were doing you know six months ago than they were doing you know a little bit more now than three months ago and it's coming back, but, I mean, these are all the sort of issues I'm sure they're weighing. It's kind of like the guys that you had on from the uh, sports uh, facilities and architecture. Yeah,
0: AECOM, yep.
1: Yeah, they're they're probably in the thick of all this, right, trying to help venues figure out how to get people back in.
0: Well, the key is faith and trust, right? And if you're comfortable knowing that right precautions are going to be taken, then I think we'll all get back to it sooner rather than later. The biggest thing is you got to be comfortable. Obviously, numbers need to go down, vaccine, et cetera, et cetera. But Well, hey, let's jump into a little bit and uh, start to wrap this thing up as we're getting close to the hour with uh, Talks with Twist. We talked about I have no idea where this is going, Andres. I have no clue at all what this bombshell is. But as we enter into this week's Talk with Twist, we tiptoe lightly to see exactly where producer Twist will take this. Producer Twist? your show
2: so I as Brad knows I'm not that good at hiding my feelings or hiding what's going on in my life I usually am a very open book and I tell tell pretty much everything but this is going to be a bigger shock to Brad but unfortunately Will and I did break up very painful but we're going to be okay but I wanted to let you know
0: what yeah how how did this happen? How are you doing? To put it on the airways like this.
2: He doesn't listen to it either. It's okay. Yeah,
0: it's so heartbreaking.
2: Um, I just knew that he wasn't the one, and I could have dated him for the next five years and still been, like, trudging along, but I just felt like in my heart I knew that he wasn't the one. So I was definitely happy with him, but I just... I just had that gut feeling or heart feeling or head feeling. I'm not sure which one it was, but I just knew there wasn't. It was just like, there's no point to continue to waste time when I just have a feeling that you're not the one.
0: Wow. I'm telling you, I mean, you never know. Seven years from now, you could be swooped off to the Waldorf Astoria. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I am, I really, look, it's not where I thought this was going. I, I am, you sound incredible. So I'm glad that you are at peace, that you are comfortable I know we have talked about this before and it was not the case, but I'm very proud of the way that you are you're handling this and the way you sound right now. But I am totally shocked. We we continue we talked about this. You didn't even kind of give us any signs when I was talking about, you know, our wedding stories and yada yada yada.
2: Yeah, that's why it's unfortunate. I'm I'm gonna be around all this love and holidays, but it's okay.
0: So right. I, now the whole world knows. So now you guys can't get back together. Like you understand that part of it, right?
2: Yep. That's why I said it. So make it official.
0: So the biz dad Nation is now going to hold you accountable for your decision. Mm-hmm. And
1: does it help to talk about this or, I mean, cause you are somebody that's willing to kind of clearly open up and share your feelings. <laughs> how do how you, how do you process a breakup like this? You've been together for a while, right?
2: Um, yeah, we had our year November first. Okay. So not that long, but I processed it for a week. I didn't want to ruin his Thanksgiving, so I waited until after. But I had already mentally prepared myself. But definitely has not been easy because we did spend a lot of time together. Yeah. But
1: well, I those just, girl, those girlfriend roommates of yours probably help. I would imagine, right?
2: What girlfriend What?
1: Your roommates? Don't you don't you live with a couple of girls?
2: Oh yeah, they're they've been nice, and i I was with my fam.
0: <laughs> they've been nice. <laughs>
1: she must have thought that I met her girlfriends. Like
0: uh, the funniest part about it, but you have to understand Twist. Like the reason she has the nickname Twist is because there is no such thing as a normal story. Like everything <laughs> has these little nooks and crannies where weird things get hidden throughout the journey of her story so i don't think we've heard the last of all of this so you know what i wouldn't be surprised if there's even someone else on the horizon andre someone she's got her eye on she's a woman who sets goals
2: i do but this goal setting is to grow me as a person professionally and being independent so i'm excited for this new season of
0: life i look forward i don't like to harp
2: on the past i like to just look forward to the future
0: right on well, there you have it. You heard it here first. There's wow. There's a strong woman on the horizon here that... Uh, stay away, boys. You're not wanted. No. Well, I don't even know how we end up with our final four after that bombshell. We should have put that earlier in the show. We should <laughs> We should plan these things better. Because now here we are going to talk about, you know, something funny and holiday decorations.
2: No, uh, yeah, perfect. You can cheer me up.
0: We might need you know, to- I think. Well, let's jump into this week's final So let's put some classifications around the decorating styles, okay? You have Bah Humbug, like I don't do Jack, right? For our Jewish friends, you've got, you know, kind of the Hanukkah decorations, you know, menorahs and blue lights and that kind of thing. You've got an elf on the shelf kind of, you know, messing with him. I will give it the elf on the shelf category. And you've got the kind of classy, holly jolly, tis the season, silver bells category. And then you've got the straight up Griswold family Christmas vacation. Over the top. What's your holiday decorating style, Andres? I think we're probably,
1: we are definitely not Bah Humbug and we're definitely not Griswold. We're probably somewhere around three or four. My wife is more of a traditional kind of classic clean look. We always do a real tree and she does a fantastic job of making it look, you know, beautiful and what do you, you know, Pottery Barn West Elmish, but with personal personalized ornaments, right? So we're not the family that goes and buys like the really Dillard's, you know, Macy's ornaments that have no personal um style to them. So yeah, we're probably you know, now we did go around and look at lights and She said, aren't you inspired? And I'm like, to get all those boxes of lights (laughs) out of our attic and string them. I mean, I went on a couple of runs over the holidays, Brad, and I saw all these dads and moms putting lights out and I'm like, oh man, I gotta go home and do that. And I didn't get to it on Saturday, which as you know, was a beautiful day to do it. Friday and Saturday were beautiful. Um, And Sunday it rained, so I'm now behind the eight ball. I look like ball humbug outside. Where are you at? Or do I even need to ask?
0: Well, I think um, we'll get to me, but Ann, you—you know—we—we we, we see the beautiful decor your roommates have put up there. But what's your style? Someone who's so artsy and craftsy, what is your decorating style for the holidays?
2: I—I I grew up with my mom being very elegant Christmas and all the ornaments were very beautiful and she is like a really good interior designer. So the whole house would just like look beautiful, but very traditional. It was very classy and classic, but I think I'm going to be the one to definitely make all my decorations and do like arts and crafts and (laughs) make it still look really cute and traditional, but a little homemade version of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I can see that. I will tell you that I fall, 100% in the straight. If if there is a category tackier than the Griswold Christmas vacation, that's where we fall. At the Alecki household, it's a two-day setup. We have inflatable day, and then we have light day. I do it on purpose, knowing how tacky it is. I don't think of myself as a tacky person. I apologize to all of my neighbors for the blinking and the flashing lights that probably keep them up for the 30 days around the holidays they are all up now and uh, i think there are at last count 17 inflatables uh-huh. uh, a mix of colored lights and twinkling lights and icicle lights we are you know indoors it's a classy look my wife's in charge of the indoors but the outdoors is as holly jolly tacky now you have to understand two two things come from this one is for the for i don't know the eight years of margaret and I. Being together where we we didn't have kids, we threw an epic tacky sweater party, Andres, which you have DJed. Yes. And my mother, I grew up in a house where my mother decorates for every holiday. She has a tree that is decorated for every holiday. Easter, St. Patrick's Day, Halloween, whatever. And she also had those small little houses where she would create like 10 different little villages Mm -hmm. around the house. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, we have those. Um, Every tabletop. All the characters. (laughs) Multiple trees. So I feel like it's in my blood, but I've taken it to the next level of tackiness, and I'm very, very proud of it. So that's only three this week. To all of you out there, get off your asses. Go decorate something. Andres, go hang some lights. Your kids will love it, and your neighbors will judge you. Uh, That's the best part.
1: Yeah, so I have probably six or seven totes of gaudy lights. When I was growing up, my dad had the big three – inch bulb lights you know that burn hot you know we didn't have led and we didn't do white and icicle and all this fancy stuff it was just a straight you know mexican neighborhood big giant green yellow blue i wish we had those kind of lights because that would you know be the gaudiest look but i do need to get my game going i think this weekend i'm gonna just put them all out and i told heidi let's just go tacky it, it, it's better if it looks bad and you're going to probably be on the holiday homes tour. Aren't you, Brad? Didn't you submit your home for?
0: Yeah. For all you Smyrnites out there, make sure you, um, you check out and it's actually a pretty neat idea. Smyrna did. You can submit your house. If you have light decorations for them to put together a map so you can go check it out.
1: Now I have one last question for you, Brad. Um, 17 inflatables. Where are you buying them? When are you buying them? And do you set yourself a budget?
0: yeah I, I don't set myself a budget that I should do, but I don't. Most of them are post Christmas Day purchases. okay? right? Home Depots, targets, Walmart's, great places to find whatever's left. Got That's you. why there's no rhyme or reason to the inflatables. So there's no theme.
1: I was gonna say, yeah, you're not doing Disney or you're not doing Marvel or you're not doing like
0: no I mean, we try to stay pretty I don't. I've got a I've got a minion, I've got an eight foot tall minion. Which is the hardest one to get to stand up all the time, but you also can't spend full price on them because they only have they only last a couple seasons. And I don't put them away like all delicately. It's usually cold as shit, so I tear them all down. I throw them in Rubbermaid tin, throw them in the attic, and deal with it a year later. Well, I so I, I want
1: to finish by asking you one last question. Do you have the leg lamp yet in your home?
0: From... Yeah, yeah, I have two of them. <laughs>
1: Oh,
2: of
0: course we have you two know. of them. Well, yeah, I, would
1: I mean to it's a all-time. Tonight, it. tonight, the the leg lamp. So I'm gonna now have to bring them over to your house. Which we're negative. We have no COVID. So
0: hopefully you'll let us over. Okay. And with that, it's a major award. Have <laughs> <laughs> a great night, everybody. It is Dad's we're out.